Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. and blessings and welcome to another edition of the how now podcast where we talk about how to live in the now i am your host kim martin raymond i'm a spiritual life coach a minister an author and founder of redefining you llc where i help my clients to realign themselves mind body and spirit and we're cupping along in the second season of the how now podcast and if it is your first time listening to our show to our podcast please go to www.hownowpodcast.com and find your favorite podcast platform on which to listen to the show, or you can click on the link for the YouTube channel, the How Now YouTube channel, and you can check out our shows that are coming up if you like, follow, and subscribe, or you can listen to some of our past shows that are also located on the How Now YouTube channel. Again, that's www.hownowpodcast.com. So let's get into today's show. And uh, we're going to be talking about how children are doing more in this season. We have children who have been, uh, you know, going through different types of learning. We've had virtual virtual learning. We have had in-classroom learning. And we've had a hybrid of both, uh, you know, since the pandemic started. You know, and we found that a lot of our children are in need of support because some children have lost some of the skills that they may have learned, you know, while this pandemic was taking place and people were having to be in their homes and, and families were having to make the adjustment. And so, you know, we're looking for ways in which to support and enrich our children during this time, because we are not out of this cold, you know, this COVID and this pandemic season. And so we're always looking for ways to make sure that our children are able to continue successfully in the education process. So to help me talk about that is a very dear friend of mine. And of course, as is customary with the How Now podcast, I'm going to have her to introduce herself at this time. Hello, everyone. Hello, Kim. It is awesome to see you again, right? Like, see you (laughs) in these little squares. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, that is the reality now. So hello, everyone. I am Demetra Bryant of My Tutor Helps Me Educational Services, where I provide tutoring for um, struggling readers and writers, as well as um, curriculums for homeschool programs and a ton of other things, but we'll get um, get to that. Uh, Kim, as you already know, I'm, I, I am an educator. I am a certified educator, everyone. Um, I think I am hitting year 24. All right. <laughs> <laughs> year 24, 24. And serving individuals with exceptionalities since 1995. Wow. Wow. <laughs> long time. Yes, it is. A long time. And um, the pandemic has definitely, definitely changed the perspective of education <laughs> and, right, in, a, in a lot of ways. And you mentioned some and uh, we, we'll dive in deeper even with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm so glad that you are here. You know, you and I go way back. We go way back. 
And, uh, you know, I always give a shout out, uh, you know, to uh, Tina Greer and, and you know, uh, you know for, for starting her business and giving us an opportunity to come together and to meet. So Sisters United, we give them a shout out. We give Tina a shout out and, uh, you know, thank her for, for the many connections that she's made. Uh, you know, with helping us uh, as we have established our businesses. So we'll talk first a little bit about what you were doing prior to the pandemic, because yes. you, you were involved in, in another business venture that was, you know, doing well at the time. So talk a little bit about that. And then we'll transition to how you got into this new, uh, you know, pivot of yours. So to okay. Speak. So again, Kim, I'm going to give you a shout out because when you and I first connected, it was through, like you said, uh, Tina Greer, and we met at Wendy's. Yes, we did. The first time we went at Wendy's and I think we hung out at Wendy's for like two hours. Yes, we did. <laughs> yes, Eating french fries and having some yes, soda. Okay, yes, Of we which were. I don't think either one of us eat that. Neither one of us are eating that way at all, but we can, we can reminisce on that. I remember what french fries taste like. <laughs> first of all, I'm like, I remember chitlins. I remember french fries. I remember all those things, but they are definitely in our past. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes, they are. And um, we were both sharing our books. Yes. You had a book that came out. I think you were starting a, a podcast then. And, you know, so yeah. So yes, I originally, and I am still the owner of Harmony Travel Getaways. Um, I opened Harmony Travel Getaways in 2005. This past January, celebrated 17 years as a travel agency. Yeah. I had independent contractors um, doing very unique vacations, all focusing mainly with um, wellness. Okay, so I was escorting women around the world, mainly Mexico, where they would have the opportunity to have some awesome experiences with wellness. Yes. And but when we went away, we went away like for three weeks, four weeks, five oh. weeks, six weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so and um there was um, a condos that I used there that were very Caribbean Mexican style. So everything was very fine tuned into um, their, their whole experience when they traveled because in all actuality, they were living there with me um, for, for an extensive amount of time. And it of course helped de-stress us. We, had, we did yoga, of course we went to the beach, we went to a variety of different resorts, mm -hmm. okay, for their experiences of, you know, whether there's the pool, the beach, the food, um, the spa treatment, you know, so the My women goodness. really, awesome. really didn't enjoy it. Yes. However, maybe Cro-Cro came My and, um, you know, as, as we know, the world stopped. The world stopped and I wasn't ready to, um, to really, and I'm still not really ready to dive out there yet because what people don't realize are all the different nuances that are going on, not only in um, every country, but it could be within a city, within a country. So there are daily changes <laughs> everywhere. So um, what I did was, I, um, at, and it's weird how things work out because December of 2019, I was officially not accepting any more clients. 
I couldn't do it anymore. There, I had I had enough um, because of the unique experiences and the time that's involved to create the type of travel I was doing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't accepting any more clients. So then, um, you know, the pandemic came, and you know, my people were still ready to go. I'm like, no, y'all not going anywhere. What? <laughs> you want to stay home? Right, right. And they're like, no, we still want to go. No, you're not going anywhere. And then when they started seeing the influx of the Americans uh, coming back into the United States, because, you know, the other countries had them leave, you know, they had to leave. And the seriousness of it, you know, they were like, okay, well, this is a good thing you told me no. Yeah, I'm telling you no. If you want to do that, you book that on your own because right. I'm not getting involved. <laughs> so being that I am a certified educator, right. I just flipped things. Pivot. Pivot. Let, <laughs> let's, let's just pivot. I have lease office space that I was not and still will not um, give up because it's in a great location. And um, I said, like, okay, so we're just going to pause, travel for a while, and I'm going to do my other passion of helping children and families in education. Because what was happening was, you know, the kids had to be, um, receive their education online, right. which was for a lot of places, just horrific. So many kids didn't have internet access, Mm -hmm. didn't have computers. The schools didn't have computers to give for each student. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you log in? How do you teach the kids? How do you get them out of the bed? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Come to the computer. And I'm even thinking multiple families too. You know, people, your families have multiple children. You know, and then, you know, they're having to share a computer if they're able to get even one. If they're able to get even one. And then on top of that, the mom or dad may be working virtually also. So if I had a choice of we have one computer and if, you know, I'm the breadwinner, you're not going to school today, baby. Because, you know, so, you know, um, schools really adapt, was trying their best to adapt things, you know. It was also during a time in which they didn't want us to share and they still don't, but like make copies for the parents, like, um, because we were hand, you know, you would have to hand them to them and then you're going to give them back to me, but those papers have been in the home. So, so many things. And then on top of that, if you're a special education teacher, like I am, we had the responsibility still of providing services to students with exceptionalities. And how do you do that in the pandemic with technology and stuff? You know, so, so many of my colleagues were uh, lost in this whole situation because they never been on Zoom. They, you know, they, they weren't on anything. Exactly. They were truly educated, but because I am a business owner, have been, you know, on Zoom meetings and attending webinars and all this other kind of stuff, I was familiar with the technology. So I had to school some of them on what, you know, what you need to do, how to get your desk situated and all that other kind of stuff. And I found it amazing anyway, because guess what? I have always been thinking about teaching virtual anyway, but those positions were always filled to teach, uh, to teach virtually have always been filled. So it was a unique opportunity. So what I did was instead of like, 
oh my god I gotta teach these kids like this I can't do this you know they're not doing this and the kids aren't turning the camera and all that stuff I'm like I'm gonna embrace this baby because (laughs) this virtual thing this gets you around the world as opposed to just within your school system that's right I was gonna say I can imagine you know just the 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 changes and then you know I have a background in special education as well and so you know my concern I was a paraprofessional you know as well too and I was thinking oh my goodness how are we going to teach our you know children with special needs when they need the support of of uh, another person and then there are specialized programs that are you know that that we used within the classroom that were not going to be able to be downloaded on a child's computer because they you know there may have been some you know things that were proprietary that we were not allowed to be able to send to their home. So that was always a concern for me when we, when we're talking about our, our children with with special needs, but then to compound that with, you know, children, like I was saying, that have multiple families that may not have the, you know, exposure to the technology, there's going to be some time loss. Like you said, if they can't go to school, it's just like over the summer, you have some regression that happens over the summer, you know, when children <laughs> out for two months. Now here it is, you got children out for four and five months who are just like, look, um, I can't go to school today, or I don't have the tools that I need to be able to do this. And so we have a lot of children that that kind of lost some things. There was no testing yes. going on. So, so we weren't able to assess where the children were and, and how did we do that? And so exactly became the challenge. You, you mentioned something and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, reference it right now. Parents, the kids in the summertime lose practically all their skills learned throughout the year. My recommendation is that they need to spend some time reading and it doesn't necessarily have to be a a novel because a lot of kids don't like to read novels. I don't care if they're reading the back of a cereal box every day, (laughs) have them read. That's right. Have them go to the store. When they go into the store with you, have them do the computations on how much things are going to cost, the right. estimation, right. you know, given how to give the money, how to return the money, how to swipe your card and all that other kind of thing. Because they come back and it is literally like <laughs> the hardest thing <laughs> yeah. to um to see where they're truly at because their brain was on shutdown from education for two, sometimes three months. And by the time they catch up, it's December or January of the school year. Okay. And that's, that's now catching up, but we're four, you know, three or four or five months into the school year. So they still are technically behind. So please look into having them read, do a little journal writing, um, do a little bit of math, find some um, programs for them to be involved in, just anything. There's plenty of things that are out there. I was going to even say when, when my kids were younger, and I don't know if they still have them, they used to have them at the school box and, uh, there used to be a bridge too. Summer, summer learning bridges. Yes. And that's what they call And they were bridges from one grade to the next. And so it had little activities and Mm -hmm. I would have my, my girls to sit down and do, you know, do the little math or the science or the social studies. I had them do the, the, the little, uh, you know, lessons before they could go outside and play or get in the pool or do anything else. They had to do their little lessons first 
because I wanted to make sure that they didn't lose any of those any skills. skills. So, you know, right. That's something that you can look into too. Look online and see if there are any bridge to it. was called bridge to, and like if they were going from kindergarten to first grade or second mm-hmm. to third grade or whatever, you, you had books like that. So always- They make still exist. They Fantastic. still exist. Fantastic. And you actually have four lessons on one page. So you'll have your reading, your writing, your math, and something else. Right. One of these square boxes- it shouldn't even take 30 minutes for them to do it, but it helps retain the information that they learn. And then when you're doing that, get them for the grade level that they're finishing. Gotcha. If they had a struggling year, so then this way things are in review. However, if you have an on-level or advanced learner, you may want them to want to get the grade level book that's um, next. So from seventh to eighth grade. So then they can be previewing work, uh, you know, um, things that they're going to learn for the upcoming school year. It may be a little bit challenging, but they should be up for the challenge. So um, being that I saw that, you know, my colleagues were having trouble, my kids were having trouble, and we heard a lot from the parents. What I kept hearing and, you know, whether, you know, on Facebook or whatever is parents were saying, oh my God, I had no idea my kid couldn't read. I had no idea my kid couldn't write. And they the, the parents were puzzled because they're like, my kids are getting A's and B's. So how are they getting A's and B's and they can't even read? Simple words. They heard their kids struggling. So I took that opportunity to say, okay, since I have the travel agency on pause and I have this lease office space, I will provide tutoring services. Mm. And um, what I did was I, you know, I, I, I guess I always had it in me to teach. And I always really, I, I always did the after school program. Mm. Um, so I already had everything that I needed, what type of assessments that I would do, how to, you know, cause I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> so, um, you know, so what I did was offer um, assessments, was able to get what level the kids were at. And in most cases, the kids were one, two, three, four years behind on their knowledge of reading and writing. Wow. It was serious. Yeah. And um, so, you know, just providing that benchmark, though, that that assessment, that opportunity for the parents to know where your kid, where your where their child are, um, where their child is right. on that particular day. And then they said, oh, now this is starting to make a little sense here. Right. So um, you know, I would uh do the assessment right after the assessment i provided the parent with a consultation and then within five days after that i gave them um, a report of um of the results of the testing now what they did anticipate was that that was a very detailed report sometimes five six seven pages with tons of information and they were just like, oh, so you like a real tutor. <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real. Right. <laughs> you like right. a for real. Like, this is a your side thing. Like, no, you know, I've been doing things like this for years within the school system. I just took it to a whole, not even the next level, Kim. I took it to a whole nother level. 
Okay. And then I started getting that enjoyment again of, you know, teaching because I had parents, you know, coming in. My, my schedule was, my goal was, is that during the summer, I would tutor five kids. Mm -hmm. The first year I had seven kids in this, in the summertime, Mm -hmm. Um, they were all face to face. Then I started getting homeschooled families who wanted their kids homeschooled from New York, as well as Maryland. They, they found me online. Wow. And um, then I had some kids who were blended learners. Some weeks they will come into the tutoring studio. That's what I call the office, the tutoring studio. And then then there were times that they needed to go online because they had to go into quarantine. So I had that blended learning. So now fast forward to almost two years, April will make two years, no, May will make two years. I have 14 kids. And to some people that may not sound like a lot, but remember, I'm still a full-time teacher. So in the after school clothes, I go to the tutoring studio and tutor that way, all one-on-one. This summer, we will be doing some uh, small group tutoring because my wait list, people have been waiting for like a year to get in. Wow. Um, The kids that I started with um, the first summer, some of them I still have. They have reached their goals. Mm. The parents are like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm not pulling my kid from this program. Are you wow. kidding? Because they're seeing the results. Beautiful. You know, and I, I was going to say that it's so, it's so important, you know, and I think that a lot of parents are realizing this, especially as their children were coming home and they were put in the position of having to educate their children or having to, you know, see where their children were at, it is so important for parents to realize that they are advocates for their children. And we were not seeing as much of that advocacy because parents were just not aware of, of where their children were at. And then when they realized it, it was like, wait a minute, no, I need to do something. So it really was a push on a lot of parents to begin to advocate and to voice their concerns about their children's education. And this is something as educators, we've been wanting them to do. So sometimes what happens is, you know, meetings take place and, and assessments are made and decisions are made and the parents just were not involved in that decision-making process. They would just go, okay, well, just go ahead. Where do I sign a paper? Because I don't have time to get there. I can't get off of work. I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And they were signing off on things and their children were being pushed through programs and they were not re- or pushed through grades. And they were realizing that, you know, their children were not ready. And so or not, not getting an assessment at all. At all. At all, you know, they're asking for the help and they can't, they're just not getting it because there is a process. It's just not like, you know, um, you know, the parent can say, I have a concern, you know, we have, do you have to have meetings? You have to give us permission to do certain things. You know, then we have to meet again after 12 or 16 weeks to present the data. Then what are we going to do with this? So, you know, we're talking about a process that if you start like in December, when you're starting to realize that, you know, after that first report card, my second report card, my child's not getting it. It's going to carry over into the next school year because right. there's rules that we have to follow. We just can't 
go on and just say that letter find that your child has to go to summer school and you didn't even know that your child was having any issues or you want it really it really has pushed parents to advocate right and of course in 2020 there was no after school programs there were no uh you know summer programs because we went out on a pandemic then you're talking about kids who rolled into the next school year and all depending on the school district it might have been all virtual it might have been um, we start in our virtual and then you come into the school, but now we had to shut down because we had an outbreak, you know, right. so kids have been in and out and online and all that other kind of stuff. And it is overwhelming. So when you think about let's start with that kindergarten student. March 13th of 2020, they went virtual. This is a child who is still trying to maybe trying to recognize the letters of the alphabet numbers and colors okay then the next school year they rolled in there in the first grade because you know the reality is they probably had to go to the next grade level you can't keep everybody because of a pandemic and they were virtual again okay (laughs) and in all actuality now we're here we are again in which a lot of kids are still virtual so now you we have second graders who physically haven't been into school since March of 2020 and all the skills I've lost including social skills including social skills yes emotional skills Mm -hmm. so they're coming back into the building and they are a handful because they miss so many components, not only academically, but socially, emotionally, and and just everything. Yeah. And it's like you said, there's still that level of fear for some of them. Mm-hmm. And some of it, you know, and, and then the parents are, are are fearful as well. Some of them are just refusing. I, I don't care that they're sending them back. I'm not sending my child back. I'm not putting my child in, in danger. You know, and this was prior to them, you know, talking about, uh, you know, giving them vaccinations. People were concerned and they were just like, ah, I'm not. Well, doing it. You know? well I remember when we were coming back into the uh, August, September 2020 school year, mm-hmm. kids weren't getting coronavirus. So I mean, the adults were, so they weren't even talking about vaccines for kids. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, hey. and then, like so. you said, and then, and then, you know, on the flip side for the teachers, you know, it was overwhelming. Like that- said, for those, especially those who have been teaching for years, and I'm sure, you know, like you said, you had a business. So you were familiar with Zoom and you were familiar with using different types of technology. But for teachers who've been teaching 30 years, you know, 25, 30 years, and they would say, you know, I'm not used to this. And then, you know, and the paperwork and how do we do this and Mm -hmm. and the learning curve involved for them and and the, the amount of paperwork that they were now having to do that they didn't necessarily have to do, you know, prior to that, I'm sure that that with the strain on them, then some of them are just like, you know what, forget it. And then we yes. have a lot of people who have made an exodus from education. For I, was, reason. You're not- I was just about to say that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so and, talk a little bit about that. And then in addition to that, we're talking about, it's it, you can't even get a substitute teacher because the substitute teacher 
is normally that retired teacher or somebody, you know, who has a lot of free time during the day and they will come in into the school system. Somebody will be tired from business and they're coming in to help out. You know, they want to help the kids out and stuff. We, we can't find subs. So what happens to the teacher in the, is that during what we consider a planning period when the kids are going out to art or music or, you know, gym, and it's our plan period in which we have our meetings and plan lessons and make copies and do what, you know, all the paperwork that um, that's required, we're covering classes. Right. So we're entering classes of kids that we don't know. Again, you know, putting ourselves at risk. It's like you go into a classroom, you just want to stir in one area. I'm not moving. I'm not right. I'm, you know. <laughs> so right. that is traumatizing for an adult. Yes. And you know, it's like, okay, you got to go into these classrooms with your own stuff. I have to have my own pen. I have to have my own pencil. I have to make sure that everything's secure. I may stand up during this session because I don't know what areas have been cleaned and what areas right. haven't been cleaned. And why is this teacher out? Do they have COVID? Because it's not like you're going to be told, you know, so I'm not going to touch anything in this room. And when was the ass sprayed with Lysol? So on and on, which is very taxing. And then after you leave that class from substituting, now I got to go to my class with my kids. That's right. And every teacher is not single. So you have your own children and, 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 and their needs as well. Exactly. So that's exactly. compounded on top of it. You're an educator and a parent. So now you've got to figure out what to do with your own kids. And sometimes you may have to leave your teaching post to, to take care of your children and, and their education. And then on top of that, school cafeterias may not be used now. The kids may be in um, classrooms because, you know, you got to think of everybody's taking off their mask in the cafeteria and, you know, the hundreds. Right. Of kids in the cafeteria right. at one time, as opposed to let's now go get our lunch. We're going to come back. We're going to have lunch in the classroom where, you know, depending on the class size, you can have up to 35 kids in the classroom. But it's a much closed in position. So that's very taxing on the mind also. Mm -hmm. Then after lunch, we had to sanitize this room. Okay, right. so you have to constantly have all the cleaning products because you can't rely that you're going to be given these things. So the financial strain, you know, right. it's difficult to find these Clorox wipes and disinfectants and all that stuff for your own home. Well, imagine doing that times 150 kids a day. Wow. Wow. A day. You know, okay, you're going to come in the classroom, we're going to clean your desk. Okay, and when you leave, you're going to clean your desk. Wow. Well, the next group of kids come in and they're going to clean. So who pays for that? Wow. So it's been an, an additional financial burden for the teachers also. Right. Wow. So, you know, for me, my, I personally feel that I can service the kids and families in another perspective, mm -hmm. and that is being an educational consultant. Yeah. Okay, so I started my tutor helps me educational services, yeah. you know, uh, I think it was May of 2020, yeah. and it really started off as my tutor helps me, but then parents started um, needing additional support yeah. for not only their kids 
but also um, within the school system, I added educational services to it um, about a a year later. So I am not that regular tutor (laughs) of just reading and writing. I provide diagnostics. So um, let's say that there's a suspicion that the child may have dyslexia. Many school systems doesn't have a uh, dyslexia diagnostician to do that. Right. They do. Right. <laughs> <Hi>. <laughs> or, you know, um, reading and writing. My students, when they come, my kids, when they come into the tutoring studio, all of them have learned different learning pathways. Right. Okay. So I may see one student that physically coming into the studio, they're in the second grade, but they're reading on first grade level and we're working on writing and penmanship because, you know, kids, their penmanships are not mm-hmm. good either now because they're busy typing and right. gaming. They don't have the dexterity. So I see kids coming in and Absolutely. writing like this instead of having the grip like this so you know all of that and then after so you know I have their learning pathway of what we're going to be doing with them and I provide progress notes to the parents so Mm -hmm. at the end of every session before that parent gets in the car I have already gave them a breakdown of what we did during that session before Mm -hmm. they even they're like how do you do that I'm like I'm on while your kid is doing work and I'm working with them. I am typing notes so you can have them immediately. So if you have any questions, they can get back with me um, immediately. So as that child leaves, you know, for safety reasons, I had to come up with a formula also. I then have an online student. So then this way, I don't have to wear my mask throughout the school day and then another two to three hours in the tutoring studio so I had to formulate that also and so when that child leaves I'm sanitizing the studio then I'm going online with the student online who now has their own customized learning pathway and you know we're rocking and rolling getting them where they should be also so I, I just started really with kids who were struggling and then I started having some gifted, some parents come to me who kids were gifted, um, who needed an accelerated plan. Well, guess what? Not only am I a special education teacher, a general education teacher, I am a gifted certified teacher. <laughs> see how that works? So, yeah. yeah, so you see how that works. <laughs> and what a lot of people don't realize is that kids um, classified as gifted is on a special education plan. It's just on the higher spectrum. So now I service a full realm of kids. Right. Yeah, and I love it. Wouldn't have it anyway. So my colleagues are like, you know, how are you doing as you're working? Because first of all, I understand I'm a special education teacher. So in that classroom, anyhow, everybody was always doing something different anyway, anyway. because that's how I had to roll. So why can't I take the skills I've been developing for the last 25 years and bring it into my own? There you have it. I mean, there I think you that, have that's it. phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal because just like you said, they're, they're getting the full service. They're getting the the support that they need on both sides of the spectrum. Like you said, from gifted to to those who who are having or experiencing special needs or 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 needing you know that that additional support. 
Th- right. Those things are important. And then you also mentioned you said educational services because there are some other services outside of the diet, you know, outside of diag- diagnosing the children, <laughs> yeah. setting up, you know, plans for them. What yeah, are the like other for, services? Okay. So for one of the services is um, helping parents understand the IEPs, the Individualized Education Program for their students. In many cases, they have no idea what each component does. They may not um, understand how to read the psychological report. Okay, or what are the expectations of the teacher in the classroom and all the teachers to help service their child? You know, they sat in a meeting and now most of those meetings are all on Google Meet or virtually and you're given, you know, this pack of papers like this, you know, and they feel overwhelmed. So they come to me and they ask for help in understanding that okay so I break it down and then they're like oh my goodness I had no idea I'm like this what a parents don't realize is that it's a legal document it is okay and it's also a working document in which if something isn't working we need to get come back to the table as a team and enhance it a little bit so that the child can be successful in the classroom Another service that I do provide is through executive functioning deficits. So let's say um, basically what that means is that there's there's these 13 components that our brain does in order for us to acquire knowledge. Um, So let's say a student has working memory, okay? They, um, They can't remember anything. Like really, they honestly, because it's not being um, retained long enough for them to process the materials to remember. So in all honesty, sometimes they come home from school and the family's like, okay, so what do you have for homework? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Didn't you just sit in class for all those hours? Yeah. Or they honestly did forget to write down the notes or they forgot where they put it. In many cases, that has to do with the executive function or how the brain is working. Their metacognition isn't there. That's that thinking of what I'm thinking about. Okay. So I, um, I have therapy sessions for families in which we are working on executive functioning skills. And it's not something for myself or the student. It has to be at least one parent in attendance of this. Um, As well as I do work with children with um, autism, mostly uh, on a a higher uh, spectrum and their social and communication skills. We always start, now here here comes comes the travel portion, um, um, portion, Remember, I said I do wellness travel. Sorry. We do meditation. Awesome. We open our sessions with meditation. Beautiful. And those kids are like, they, they first, you know, actually all the kids are, are, are can do the meditation. They, they know that. They come in and most of them will now come in and they'll be like. <laughs> I'm ready. What, what made you do that? They're like, oh, that. Mr. Demetrius, that car ride, my car ride here was stressful. Right. 
<laughs> but that's awesome. That's yeah. all about transitions. They they are transitioning into a different space and know that that meditation is part of them being able to come in and get themselves situated. True. And in the office, okay, there's always a diffuser going. There's always some type of essential oil that's going. So the minute the kid and family or parent comes into the set, into the studio, they're like a whoosh. You can see the stress just automatically coming in, coming, sorry, coming off because, you know, the aromatherapy is definitely going on, okay? The music is definitely going on. So there you go. You know, that whole journey of wellness travel where I was escorting adults just brought right into the tutoring studio. Why not enhance on the skills that I've been working on for many, many years? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Wow. So see, that's wonderful because we want our children, like you said, to be in, in a space where they're getting that full range or that full, full realm. Everything is, is right where it needs to be. Everything is, is, you know, well, like I said, where they're in a space socially, physically, you know, emotionally, emotionally. educationally, everything is covered. Mm-hmm. You know, and these are some of the things that they're missing. They're right. missing some of these things because of their, you know, because of the lack of interactions that they're having and because of this hybrid of education. And, and because we don't know how long it's going to be, it's so important that we have those supplemental things in place for our children. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And so, you know, it's if anything, you know, I want the takeaways to be that we're advocating for our children, we're, we're assessing and seeing where they are so that we can seek the, the proper, you know, support that they need. Right. You know, exactly. they need to reach out, you know, go online and, and, and see about tutoring and ask what it is that they are doing in their tutoring programs. What is the, what is the outcome? Is there a plan that's being followed that's going to take their children, uh, you know, from one level, like you said, to the next level or higher so that they're prepared because we just don't know with all of the variants coming out with the, you know, with the pandemic continuing, we don't know that there may be a time where we have to go back into our homes and we may not be able to, to go back out. You know, there may be lockdowns. We have no idea. idea. Exactly. We have no idea. And we can't foresee the future. We don't know what's going to happen. No, we do not. But what we can do is we can educate and equip ourselves and, and connect ourselves with people who are going to help, you know, to, to bridge that continuum of education for our children. Because just like Demetra said, you know, in, the, in that two months, you know, that, they've, that they're off for the summer, retention goes way down. So they've lost so much already. And so it's important that, you know, we try to get them back up to speed because just like, uh, like she said as well, they're going to continue on to the next grade and they're, and, and, and they're, you know, because there, there's the, a, a lack of testing or there's, there's not the ability to be able to, to uh, do what's necessary to, you can't retain everybody. Everybody can't stay behind a grade, you know, know, with the whole country. We're just going to all stay behind. We can't do do that. So they have to move the kids forward. And and think about those who are moving on to the collegiate level. 
you know, yes. it's going to, you mm-hmm. know, there, there are things that they were preparing for their portfolios, things that they were going to have to have ready to be presented or, you know, on the collegiate level. So that that's important too, mm-hmm. not just for our younger children, but for our older children who are transitioning awesome. to higher education as well. Mm-hmm. So it's important mm-hmm. that we look at all of that. All of that. And then not only that, but, um, you know, I also provide assistance to teachers through through professional development and online services and and coaching. Okay, so you you have these group of students who are not passing their classes. Let's analyze why. And, you know, especially if the student has an IEP, we have a psychological report. So let's dive into that psychological report. And in a lot of cases, the, the, the psychologist said executive functioning deficits which means you have to teach that student in a whole different way. And the teachers aren't provided with training. There is no college training on how to do executive functioning, um, help with that, with that particular area. Okay, and then what area, because the, psycho- the psychological report would have what area deficit that it falls in. So now let's target that area and now let's work on some strategies in the classroom, not only with the teacher, but with also the student. Okay, so that's where the educational services comes in, in my two to help me educational services. So it's a full spectrum for the student, the family, the educators, and I am very open to helping the administrators. Oh because God. their jobs are very difficult also because they have that full realmness of they have to worry about the school, the right. you know, the cafeteria, right. the kids, the parents, right. the central office, you know. So oh my all goodness. of that. That's, mm-hmm. it. that's it. I love that that your service, like you said, it's the full spectrum. And that's what we need. We need that support. We need people like you to to you know th- that are willing to take their specialties and to take their their gifts and their talents and to be able to reach back and to help to to support in any way possible. So mm-hmm. I am so glad that you have been here to talk about this. <laughs> to talk about the importance of tutoring and the, and the importance of educational support and those things that are necessary for our families to know for their children. And for the educators that they need support as well, because most of them are parents themselves. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, in addition to being educators and they need that support as well. It's so important that everyone gets that, you know, gets that support that they need so that they can be well-equipped to be able to, to take care of our children. We always talk about, you know, being, being educators for our children, but we have to have that self-care. We have to be able to take care of ourselves as well. Mm-hmm. So that our children are, are being, I mean, so that, you know, w- when we're safe and we feel supported, we can in turn help our children to feel safe and supported as well. Oh, exactly. So, so I exactly. thank you so much for that. As we're coming to the close of our show, what I definitely want to do first is ask how people can get in contact Ooh. with you. <laughs> that is so important because I know that there are going to be some who are going to have questions and say, well, I don't know. How do I know? How do I find out if there's somebody in my area? If you're in their area, how can they get in contact with you and, and you know, get on that wait list and, and, you know, get that support that they need for their children as well? 
May I say something before I give out Absolutely. that information? Absolutely. So the question most people usually say is that, how do I do all that I do? One, I don't watch television. Okay, so I channel that energy in a different way. Two, I love crafting. So one of the things that I do is I make these reading pillows. Oh, nice. Okay, so this this is like Marvel. So you got your, yes. you know, your cartoons and stuff. And you, they could put a book inside of it and, nice. and stuff. And um, here's Alice in Wonderland. Nice. Okay, so did you know, so... I picked up sewing again after 40 years. Wow. The nightmare before Christmas. So yes. I love sewing. Love that one. <laughs> love that one. So that's my my downtime when I come yeah. home. That's what I like to do, especially on the weekends. Okay. So how can I get in touch with me? You can get yeah. in touch with me a variety of different ways. Uh, I'm going to send you Kim that information. So Absolutely. Facebook would be my tutor helps me. Okay. Instagram would be. Demetra, D-A-M-E-T-R-A Bryant, B-R-Y-A-N-T. And in my profile, they'll see a bit.ly and then it will list some nice, some things that I have for, for everybody. Um, one is a book. I had an opportunity to write a book. It is um, called A Parent's Guide to Helping a Child with Learning Disabilities. And inside that ebook, it is an ebook, guys, and understand it is 60 some odd pages. So just don't go and press print. Right. <laughs> Download it on the computer. But uh, one page I would like to uh, reference is that there is a sample email or letter that the parents can use if they want their child to be tested in the school system. So I really want them to pick that up because a lot of people don't know the wording to get that, you know, to get that service. So I, I included that in there. Um, and then as well as LinkedIn, it is Demetra, D-E-M-I-T-R-A, Bryant. Now the spelling of the names are a whole different other story that Kim and I can talk about for a whole <laughs> hour. So we're not even going to get into that. Because <laughs> right, it's D-A on the, on the Instagram Correct. And it's D-E on the LinkedIn. Okay. Correct. Correct. Um, on the Instagram one, I would like everybody to take a look at that one. Um, besides a link tree where you can um, get some freebies and stuff. I have um, this month, what is this? February Black History Month. I featured the Build Your Child's Library right. um, little event. And what I did was I featured a, a children's book every day from preschool all the way up until really kind, kind of like middle, high, middle school, low, uh, high school, in which either the author is a Black author or the main character is um, someone of brown skin. Okay. And uh, so I think today I'll be featuring book number 30. <laughs> All, right. All right. Yeah, I've been following. They've been great, great choices you. that you've picked for the books. And what I haven't been doing is given like what the story is about everything, because I want people to pick up the book and, and look at that for themselves. <laughs> yes. I don't want to be, you know, retyping stuff that they can see. But um, these are books that I actually have on my shelf in the tutoring studio. So I know that they're good. And my kids that come in be like, 
this is the book that I like to do. And I'll customize a whole learning pathway for them nice. based on what they choose when they come in. Right. I love that. I love that. So yeah, they have many, many ways in which they can get in contact with you. Like I said, freebies. You've got a lot of goodies. Make sure you check in with her on Facebook at My Tutor Helps Me on IG at Demetra, D-A-M-I-T-R-A. D-A-M-E. Oh, E. Sorry. That's Look okay. That. Look at that. Uh, Let me get it right. D-A-M-E-T-R-A Bryant. Bryant. B-R-Y-A-N-T. A-N-T. Uh-huh. Okay. And then also on LinkedIn at Demetra, D-E-M-I. T R A R Y A N T. That is correct. Kim. That's on LinkedIn. And like I said, she's got plenty of goodies. She's got the ebook, A Parent's Guide to Helping Children with Special Needs. With Learning Disabilities. With mm-hmm. Learning Disabilities. I want to make sure I have that right. With Learning Disabilities. It includes definitions of some terms. Um, also, I mean, it's really uh, packed with a lot of information. Yeah. It's a very easy read. It's not like it's uh, difficult, but I wanted to provide them with a, a lot of information. And can I share something else with your audience? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I have some things that are coming up and I want them to be the first to know. So this summer, I'm going to be hosting uh, a preschool, uh, like preschool camp. Okay, it will most likely. Well, I have I have two options. I can host um, several kids in the tutoring tutoring studio, and then it will also be online, and okay. to get them ready for kindergarten. Kindergarten, okay, okay with their reading and their writing. Awesome. Okay. The other thing is if anyone is interested in being a tutor, I am going to need to be hiring. So this is a, a, a job opportunity as an independent contractor. Okay. If you like to tutor and I do offer training, I will be training you. Okay. And then um, if so, somebody is interested in starting their own tutoring business, but at the same time, loves to travel. Yeah. This will be a unique opportunity in which I'll be able to uh, coach people on combining two businesses together so that you can reap the benefits of travel as an additional source of income right. and be able to really travel the world once it's really open again right. for less amount of money in extensive time. Um, if you want to stay in a location instead of, you know, just four or five days, but you want to stay there for a, a much longer time, how to generate an income between tutoring and traveling at the same time. Awesome. Awesome. Hi, you love, you have it all. She has it all. I don't watch TV. I don't watch television. I don't watch TV either. So, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, because if you do, you can get a little caught up, you know, sometimes it's good just to, you know, you don't want to be, you know, socially aloof. But, you know, <laughs> you find out just enough to know what's going on in the world around you. But but, you know, don't get captivated by the television, you know, no. use your imagination, open those books and, and, you know, explore things in your mind. You know, those are the things that we hear about. You know, we used to hear about that, uh, you know, with reading Rainbow growing up and all of those things like that. We talked about the importance of reading books and, yes. and how how, you know, that helps us to stay you know, abreast of things that are going on also, you know? 
It's funny you mentioned Reading Rainbow because I picked up LeVar Burton's book just the other day. It's called <laughs> The Rhino That Swallowed the Storm. And oh I forgot to bring it to the tutoring studio yesterday. And the three kids were like, you promised us a new book. You promised us. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll remember the next okay. time. <laughs> okay. She's going to get it. Okay. Yeah. She got a lot going on, kids. Okay. So she's going to bring that book. She's going to bring, bring that, that book. book. Thank you so very much for coming on and for sharing all of your knowledge and your expertise and ways in which people can get in contact with you. You know, I'm sure that they've walked away with a lot, you know, a lot of takeaways, a lot of things, remembering again, to advocate for your children, to, Mm -hmm. to seek ways in which to, to enhance their educational experience, you know, because it's going to come from you. You know, everyone is is not in a position to do, you know, to do what you can do as a parent, you know, and, and those who are listening, who are educators, there are things that you can do as an educator to, to get the support that you need, the the additional support that you need, and you can be additional support to the children, even outside of the classroom. So that's right. we, We want them to take advantage of that as well. So, you know, make sure to get in contact with Demetra, tap in and find out what she's doing and see how you can do it in your area if there's not a program that exists there. Be that person that creates the table be that person for that someone person. to come up to. You That's know, right. Be the one that starts, you know, what needs to be, uh, you know, available in your area. Sometimes it's for you to pick up the mantle and be the one to start something in your particular area. So again, Demetra, I thank you. You know, I, I always ask my, my clients, I mean, my clients, I always ask my guests, okay, I'm getting it all. It's all good. <laughs> I always ask my guests, you know, what they're doing now. And you shared that with us. I'm glad you were talking about that, that you don't watch TV and that you, you know, are, are getting back into crafting. And those are the things that, that help you to be able to navigate in this new space that we're in for the amount of time that we're in it. We're seeking to do things and to learn things that, that we're going to be able to do long-term that are going to help to provide that self-care so that we're in a position to move from fear and into a, a space of education and learning and growing so that that way we can be that strength, that pillar of strength where we can reach back and help others. And Demetra is a beautiful example of that. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. Thank you again so much for being here. It was so wonderful to see you again. You know, we are always Sisters United, always. And And we will find a local vegan restaurant to go to. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. So next time we won't be sharing French fries, we'll be sharing something else. We're, we're doing good on our wellness journeys and we're going to continue to plug forward in that. Okay. And with that, uh, that will do it for this edition of the How Now podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And until we see you the next time, I say peace. Peace. <laughs>